Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me, the podcast where me and one of my best friends talk about video games that we love. I'm your host, Declan Verbencourt. And I'm your co-host, Tully Hodgkinson. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite games of all time, Darkest Dungeon. It's an indie game, turn-based uh, stress loader. So, yeah. Yeah, this game is is brutal. Very unforgiving. And I think that's one of the things I like about it. But we'll get into that later. Um, Tully, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, give it to me blunt, did you enjoy it or not? I, here's the thing, I liked some of it, Uh, (laughs) hmm, how do I put this, I liked playing the game for maybe 10 minutes at a time, and then I would stop liking it, Uh, it's not, no, 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 don't get me wrong, I had fun with the game as I was playing it, but I think the fact that uh, so for those who don't know, uh, it's basic, it's a roguelite, um, but it's mission based. So you can pick a specific mission and you do a run. Um, and I would like to do a couple missions at a time, maybe like two or three, and then I would just kind of get bored. Um, the thing I normally like about roguelikes is that it's, it's more random. Like the item selection you get is random. Like, the room layouts are random, but Darkest Dungeon kind of feels too samey for a roguelike. It feels like there's no randomness except for maybe... I mean, the game, if you're lucky, uh, the game has a scouting system where it, it, it like you have a random chance to like see the rooms ahead or whatever. It, it basically lays out exactly what's ahead of you, whereas most roguelikes normally don't do that. Um... Yeah, I would say that I like the game somewhat, but it's not it's not random enough. I feel like there's no randomness to it. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, um, all your characters have certain skills and weapons that they they just use, and you can't change anything about that. And mm-hmm. uh, pre mission, you buy all the supplies you would need, so it, it's not that aspect. Ran- I very... think was cool. You think so? Just like stocking up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. That was something I don't think I've ever really seen in any other game. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad something came out of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I I never really thought of it as a roguelite, so I didn't really have that kind of an issue. Like, like I, I didn't go in thinking it was going to be um, completely random. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like a like a very stressful turn base and like even like saying stress like it it's not just because it's stressful it's cuz there's a whole mechanic based around stress. Mhm. And uh just that whole thing like the stress mechanic is super intriguing to me and I don't think I've really seen that done in a lot of other games. I think the game the the stuff that I liked about the game, uh, I like I said I liked the the provisions idea where you you stock up on the gear you need before you go on a mission. Um, I thought a lot of the the heroes you could play as were cool. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know how many there are. I think there's like 
14 or 15. I might be wrong. But for the the heroes that they give you are all like pretty unique, but they're like also kind of laid out in like specific types. There's like your magic users or whatever or like your your healers, your like damage guys. Um I I like the all the different characters, but I don't know. I like I went into it like fairly open-minded but something just didn't click like it's not that i didn't like the game it just like something never really like clicked for me that made me really want to sit down and just play it for hours on end you know what i mean yeah i mean i'm starting to see that too like i said it's one of my favorite games of all time and it's just like i've put so many hours in i've you know beaten it and all that and uh when i'm coming back it's like every time I return, it's like it gets less and less fun. I, I guess I can mm-hmm. kind of like prepare for stuff I didn't know about previously. And it kind of like takes away from it a little bit, I guess. It also kind of feels like this might just be like the little bitch boy in me. <laughs> but there was something about it that felt too punishing. Like... I'm sure this is the point of the game, but it feels like it kind of sets you up for failure, which isn't super fun. I know, but that's not, like... I'm sure, obviously, for some people it's fun, because it's one of the most popular indie games in the last, like, five years. But for me, it just, like... I don't know. There is... For me, it just isn't fun, like, to sit there and realize that after a certain point, like, if you don't take care of your heroes, like their stress levels or whatever diseases they have or whatever negative traits that they earn throughout your different runs. Like it feels like the game is setting you up to eventually go into a run where you are forced to lose heroes. And that's not, that isn't like particularly enjoyable. Um, and it, it got to a point in the game where I was trying to balance spending my money on provisions for every mission and then also trying to take care of my heroes and it was like trying to find a balance but after a certain point the game forces you to ignore the balance and just sacrifice one or the other and it's Mm -hmm. like the whole point of the game is to try and get better at it but if the game is trying to fuck you over and like force you to lose some of your best heroes then it's like I don't I don't see the point in continuing cuz I don't want to keep having to lose heroes over and over and over again only to have to keep going back to square one. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you mean. Um especially like when I was starting out playing the game, like my first couple times, I had to abandon so many estates because I just was poor. I had no money and uh all my characters were dead. So I would either go on a suicide mission and everyone would die and I would just have no people. Either that or the carriage would fuck me over and give me like like four heroes or heroes, four healers, I should say, um, back to back. And like I just don't have anyone. <laughs> so I, yeah. I totally I totally get it. Um the game is meant to be hopeless. So um I, I know you probably know that, but um I think that's what I like about it so much is like that that feeling of despair like uh it's not going to get better but then being able to overcome that in the end 
um, as kind of a reward in itself. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I think some of this kind of just stems from the fact that maybe this just isn't a game for me, because clearly you like the aspect of it just, like, constantly trying to fuck you over. Because I would argue, like, Dark Souls, like, those kinds of games are kind of the same way. But I enjoy those games. I don't particularly... This one just didn't click for me. Because, um, like, in, in Dark Souls, you can get busted, so I understand mm-hmm, that. That's true. I do, like... It is kind of nice because towards the tail end of my time playing the game, uh, I maybe played on and off like two or three hours every day for like two weeks. Um, So after a certain point, like maybe in the last couple days of me playing, it did kind of start to get into that rhythm of like the characters that I had were getting to pretty, pretty decent levels levels and I was upgrading their gear often enough. Um, so maybe maybe if I did stick with it a little longer, it would have clicked for me. But I don't know. It's just I think it just isn't the kind of game that I would normally play. I'm yeah. glad I I tried it, but yeah. I remember I tried getting you to play this like years ago. It I don't. It was like two years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I bounced off of it that time because I'm not much of a PC player. I picked it up on uh, on Switch this time, and. It, it it certainly was like um kind of touching back to the last episode when we played skyrim you were saying like for the first couple hours it was enjoyable and then it started to fall off for you that's kind of how i felt playing darkest dungeon yeah i i guess um i i wanted to also ask what you thought about like the stress mechanic because that's kind of like a new take on like a turn-based rpg system Mm -hmm. i i actually found the stress mechanic really cool i think like it it's almost like a second health bar if you think about it because you have to first you have to manage your actual health bar um but the the stress bar is basically like you fill it up once you get a negative or you get like a negative trait or or you whatever you call it i don't remember um but then if you fill it up again your character just dies like it, 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 it they suffer from a heart attack and they die um i think it's a really interesting mechanic and i think it plays really well with um the like different traits in the game that your characters can receive whether it be a positive or a negative one like say you get one that says um like plus 15 percent stress against this certain type of enemy or stuff like that i think um the fact that the game gives your characters like character traits that basically gives them buffs and debuffs and it translates so well into the actual game especially when it comes to like the stress mechanic i think that stuff is really interesting and it has a lot of very interesting and cool uh combos that you can kind of play with as well yeah definitely and that's that's like another thing that i really like um we'll get to that in a second i also wanted to touch on the uh stress mechanic um i like you said i i think it's a really great addition to um like a turn-based setting it's like a whole extra health bar like you said um but have you ever gotten a virtue at the first tick of the uh of the stress meter uh well i mean you know i have you watched me get my first one oh ever. yeah but th- 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 I, th- that was like weeks in like in game weeks yep. but like 
I I had been playing for a whole week at that point, and (laughs) Declan happened to be watching me play, and uh, my stress meter filled all the way up. It got to 100 stress, and my character got a virtue, which basically means... um, it re- it basically resets the stress bar to like 40 or something like that like 40% filled in and that was the first time i had ever gotten one the game just continuously fucked me over basically before that point and after that point <laughs> yeah i maybe only got like i i i could probably count the amount of times i actually got a virtue rather than a negative effect for my stress bar filling up on the on the on on my two hands yeah, it was it was not kind to me this game, and and that is why I like it. I I, I like that it kicks me down pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's like how, you're not gonna win. How did you ever, like, is there an end state to this game? I don't actually know. Yeah, um, pretty much. Have you ever you, got? Have you ever yeah. gotten to that point? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna do any spoilers, um, but pretty much. All you you do is is you max out. You kill the bosses in the different areas. This is minus all the DLC. You kill the bosses in the four areas. Yeah, because there's the ruins, the weld, the uh, warrens, and the cove. Um, mm-hmm. And then pretty much when, when you're done with that, you you get the max level like six of characters. And then you can send them in the darkest dungeon, and you have to keep doing missions in there. But the catch is, and this you'd probably hate with a passion, once you send in a squad of four into the darkest dungeon, they will refuse to go back into the dungeon. Oh, Jesus. You need four new level six characters to go in for your expeditions. That's crazy. But then once once you do do all that, there is an end game, and then everything's restored and all that. Gotcha. Okay. So... I guess that's the other thing. This wasn't necessarily something I didn't like about the game, but something I had a lot of trouble with. I never felt prepared for any of the boss fights I went into. Like, I think I only ever tried to fight two of the bosses, and I only ever beat one. Like, Yeah, I I was there when you beat it. You were on your last legs. You said you were going to give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I I struggled for a really long time. I again, this is obviously the point of the game, but it it never feels like you are set to go into anything. It feels like you are always going to fail no matter what you do. And well, that that it makes sense to do that in like the beginning of the game when you're actually like level one everything none of your stuff is upgraded that i understand but when you get to a point in the game where you have like decently leveled characters you would expect going into certain levels that are of like a certain requirement that you'd be set up to like actually get somewhere and the game still just punishes you and punishes you and punishes you and just completely fucks you over like 90 percent of the time i i guess you can call me a a masochist because that is that is my favorite part of the game. It never gets easy. Like, that, they never... You never get rewarded. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's kind of the point of these games, is you want to be... Like, especially in a roguelike. The point... Or a rogue... This game isn't necessarily a roguelike. It's more roguelite. Like, it has roguelike aspects, but isn't necessarily specifically under the roguelike definition. But it's like... 
it feels like this would be the kind of game where it's just like you finish a run, you get a reward of some sort. You finish a run, you get a reward. But it's either like the rewards you get are either worth nothing or worth not enough for what you need. The rewards you get are... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Sense of an accomplishment or dead characters. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a very interesting uh, dynamic. I do think that like when you first start the game, it does kind of set you up with very little. But as you go on, it kind of gives you more and more stuff that you can like unlock to make your characters better, whether that be like blueprints or um, the guild or the blacksmith or like that kind of thing, where it does feel like the game is it's it's giving you like something, but that something almost feels like it's not enough. Yeah. Um it's like that with a lot of things in this game. Like as as we've mentioned like thousands of times already in this uh recording, is that just like it dicks you down. There's there's no getting around that. You know? Like that's that's the whole point of the game. Um and and that's why I like it, and that's why I can see why you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why most people probably be like, "Ugh, what the hell?" Um, because I remember some controversy. I wouldn't even call it that when the game came out. It was kickstarted, um, but people were freaking out at Red Hook, which is the developers, basically saying like, "I didn't pay." Or I I didn't um, give you money to make to make me play an apostle game that I hate, you know. And it, you mm-hmm. can't give the you, you can't really give the flack to the developers on that. They knew what they were making. I was gonna but, say I think that's more so just like the expectations of the player not being what they should be. I yeah. think that's just an example of people not being reasonable. Definitely. Than it is on the developer. But uh, really, what I was trying to do with that is like a lot of people are in the same boat where they they don't really like um, the hopelessness that you get from this game. Mm-hmm. I think like the atmosphere that the game sets is pretty freaking cool. Like the game's art style is basically designed to make you feel like I guess yeah, I guess hopeless because it's just like it's dark and it's gritty and like, the enemies you fight are all just, like, horrible, disgusting creatures, and the environments are all, like, it It makes you feel, like, gross inside, because they just mm-hmm. look, like, damp and, like, just, just, like, rancid and terrible. The game does a very, very good job of, like, actually setting up the fact that, like, the way you should feel right now is not good. And I think the gameplay complements that very well. Yeah, um, that and all the uh, characters' eyes are um, unseeable. Like, it's just blackened underneath, because I'm pretty sure the lore about that (laughs) is uh, that they are all missing something, and they came to the hamlet to try and rectify that fill the void and they Mm -hmm. all went through like such like great 
misdeeds, and that's why they went to the hamlet instead of like living their lives. You know, they got nothing mm-hmm. to lose. So, so, I'm I'm kind of curious to know like you've been playing this game for quite a while, obviously. Like, what is it about this game that makes you just kind of want to keep coming back to it? Well, I first went to it because it was turn-based, and I was like, finally, like a a new uh, indie turn-based that's not about, like, getting up with your friends and, like, destroying governments or whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, um, and I, I played it and I absolutely hated it. It was the worst. <laughs> and, uh, I guess we all start somewhere. Yeah. I, I hated it, but I liked the soundtrack and I liked the, uh, the play style, but I, I hated stress. I hated like how, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I hated like just like everything but like the play how it played and the the soundtrack but i like the soundtrack so much that it decided i i gotta keep playing this game like i I gotta i gotta get all the tracks you know and and like bop Mm -hmm. the whole time (laughs) yeah you just gotta you just gotta push through how much you hate everything else just so you can listen to the soundtrack which i I do that for a couple games but um Mm -hmm. Then, like, I started, like, getting the hang of it, like, understanding when the game was gonna, like, totally stomp on you, and, uh, finding small ways to, like, prepare for that, and then, um, like, the RNG started to, like, really mess with everything, and then I, I I was like, this is really chaotic, this is, this is awesome, I, I feel like absolute horseshit, but I, I love it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all my characters are dying, but it's cool because, like, I'm having fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I don't think I've really felt the same about it since, like, I had that revelation and I, I played through the whole thing. Like, I, I that's when I dumped all my hours and then I keep coming back and, you know, it just, like, it gets less and less, but I still hold that feeling with me, you know? So like, that's kind of what kept bringing me back. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's kind of how I feel. I, f- I have a couple of games like that too, where it's just like, you kind of, you play through it once and you just beat the game to death. You just play the shit out of it. And every, and something about like that first time playing it is just what you want to experience every other playthrough but the more you play it the more you kind of lose that mm-hmm. um it's almost like uh like growing up like as a kid you're just like experiencing the world for the first time like all the time and then as you get yeah. older it's like you realize like okay maybe this isn't as cool as i thought it was now i have to be an adult and fucking pay taxes and go work a nine to five and the magic is kind of lost, but there's something yeah. still there that just keeps you going because you want to find something that gives you that again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can totally re- relate with that. I know a real world example of when that happened to me when I realized that that life is like that 
and this is kind of straying away, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell a little tidbit. My mom got passes for Six Flags, like year round passes, and we, <laughs> we went we went like eight times. And by the end of it, I was so done. I was like, why are we still going? This sucks. Oh, my God. I hate this. And the last time we went, I was like, Mom, I just don't want to go in. Let me sit in the car for eight hours. And I did. That's what, that's what this last playthrough of Darkest Dungeon felt like for you. It felt like you yeah. wanted to go sit in the car for eight hours while everyone else had fun. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was so done with that. Like, you know, holy shit. You'd went to it, you read all the rides, all that stuff. Yeah. I can only go on the bull, on the fucking raging bull so many goddamn times, mom. (laughs) Mom, I I swear to God. You know what I want to go on? The car ride back home. (laughs) (laughs) No, mom. That's fucking awesome. I don't want to go on the fucking teacups, okay? I'd rather just stay in the car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's fucking fantastic yeah <laughs> but yeah it that i can imagine that kind of what is the game would feel like is it's just like you've been on all the rides like mm-hmm. you've been on the raging bull the joker whatever the fuck fucking six flags has now and it's just like <laughs> you've seen the same you've seen the same shit over and over again and it's like you can only the game can only th- throw the same thing at you so many times before you're just like, okay, now I know what I got to do, blah, blah, blah. I know all mm-hmm. the strategies. I know all this shit, whatever. So, yeah, I can imagine, like, after having just played it to death so many times, like, yeah, it kind of would start to get stale. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, there's just, there's so many things in game that are like, haha, gotcha. And I'm just, like, sitting there like, wow, nice. I already did that, like, 13 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm curious. In game, did, have you ever ran into the collector? Um, he's he's this dude. He's got like, um, a blue skull, and then in he's wearing like this big cloak, and he opens it up, and he's got the heads of all the heroes. No, I have not. Okay, um, he's a very big part. It, it's usually more towards the middle of the game, but it can happen in the early game. Um, he'll just show up randomly. Even if you scout, he won't be there. Mm-hmm. He'll just show up. And he is insanely difficult to fight. And uh, he kind of just, you know, like, he's like a boss when you're not prepared for it. Um, mm-hmm. But the first couple times it was like, oh, shit, like, I'm fucked. But, like, now it's like, oh, it's the collector. I'm just going to take him out like any other random battle, you know? Mm-hmm. There was, I don't actually, I think, I imagine this is like a different uh, boss because it doesn't match the description of yours, but it's like this big fucking creature that looks like something out of Dead Space and it has like a blue blade on its like arm, like it's like a crystal of some sort, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, are you talking about in the, uh, the farm? I think it's, no, it's, I, so I imagine... It's a random encounter that comes after you beat your first mission in the farmstead. I think it shows up in, like, um, the weld or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I do know what you're talking about. I ran into that guy a couple times, and he, like, 
every time he showed up, that was basically like a like a sign that this is a dead run. Like yeah. he is a fucking run killer if you are not prepared for him. And of course, ninety percent of the time you're not because he's a fucking random encounter. How like right. you can't predict that kind of shit. So, I I actually did kind of like that part of the game where. Like, as you would kind of play on um, and you would unlock more stuff, the game would, like, surprise you with new shit. Like that, for an example, like that random encounter. Or, like, at one point, the game triggered, like, one of the, like, random scouts and it, like, started to reveal some of the stuff in a hallway or whatever. And, like, a star popped up in one of the squares. And I was like, oh, what's that? And you explained to me it was, like, a secret room. I had never gotten one of those before. And, of course, when it showed up, there was a little pop-up on the screen that showed up, like, describing what it was. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's that's one thing that I actually really liked about the game is when it would just, like, surprise you with cool new shit, whether it was, like, a mini-boss or, like, secret rooms or, um, like, just new like... characters or random upgrades and stuff like that. That stuff was always really cool. It's like random stuff that would show up, like, Mm -hmm. after you thought you'd seen it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. like after you thought you'd seen it all. Yeah, I had that same reaction when the blueprint system showed up. So the blueprints. Yeah, like, the blueprint system, for those who don't know, is um, after, like, a certain point in the game, you get a blueprint, and then you can use that blueprint plus whatever materials a building requires uh, to build like a building that gives your characters or your camp or whatever like a bonus when that showed up uh i had a moment where the game actually did kind of click for me because before that point i felt like i hadn't had a goal i was working towards i was just kind of playing to play and that's kind of where it started to fall off and then that showed up and i was like oh now i feel like i have something to to work towards like i have an actual goal that i want to do like i want to get this blueprint and this blueprint and this one so that that was really cool like and then when you kind of explained to me how like the the character upgrade system worked i was like okay like now that i'm a little further in the game i feel like i actually have goals that i want to work towards that make me want to keep playing i always really like that stuff in that kind of game yeah, because uh, before I told you, weren't you just running like basic level everything, and like yeah, I had hard quests. I had no idea because <laughs> I didn't I didn't know like what skills I should be using or which ones to upgrade. Um, I assumed the blacksmith because I also didn't like start upgrading any of the specific buildings that I already had. I was just kind of running with like the base ones. So with the blacksmith specifically, like I didn't have, like I couldn't upgrade any of the weapons. I assumed they were weapons you got as a reward for completing quests. So I was just kind of waiting and waiting until I found one. And of course I never did because that's not how the game works. But the game right. just, either it explained it to me and I just didn't get it or I, it just didn't explain it to me because I, I genuinely had no idea how any of that stuff worked until you told me. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing with the game is you kind of have to have prior knowledge in order to succeed which kind of sucks well it sucks sometimes like with some of the stuff i explained that is just kind of meant to pop up and then you figure it out that way that stuff is cool but if it's like basic mechanic shit that the game like i want to say it didn't explain it to me but in reality i probably just missed it but like if the game doesn't explain basic mechanical stuff to you then it like 
it's again setting you up for failure but in a pretty unfair way rather than it like doing it on purpose to fuck you over yeah um so i I wanted to touch on some of the heroes and wanted to get a gauge for like which ones were your favorite like which ones you took with you the most Mm -hmm. so i i found that the the characters i generally had the most luck with were the helion and the occultist those were like the two i tried to have in every run and then uh so the helion was like my front runner guy like the the damage person and then the occultist was like the the healer who just kind of hung around in the back and then usually i would try to switch between like another damage based person up front like a a leper or a, a highwayman or um or a a crusader um and then in my third slot i would generally try to run another ranged character like i had a lot of luck with the the houndmaster um or sometimes even the jester which i know is one of your favorite characters um so that was generally kind of the setup i would run is like two two like damaged dealing people in the two front slots and then like a ranged character in the third and then my healer would be in the the fourth slot there i see um and, and you just said the jester is one of my favorites it's, it's probably my favorite um hero in the game because it's rng versus rng <laughs> and typically i had good luck with it like most of the time um, I did too, usually. I had a lot of fun playing with the Jester. Yeah, um, but my team was usually comprised of two damage dealers, a Jester, and then um, probably a Plague Doctor. And I, I never really wanted a, like an actual healer. Well, so, sometimes I would, but most of the time it would be like that. And then I would um, have probably a Leper in front, and then a highwayman second, and then the uh, plague doctor in the back, and then I would emboldening vapors my highwayman, and then use vendetta with the highwayman, and uh, by the end of it, he was doing like plus one hundred twenty percent damage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's that's stuff that the game doesn't explain to you either. Is like their skills, you have to like do a lot of reading. Yep. That, that's another thing that I struggle with, not only in this game, but any game, is I'm generally not one to just, like, like use buffs in video games. Like, potions in Skyrim, I'm usually not using a ton of. Uh, the Witcher 3, uh, after, like, certain difficulty levels basically require you to get certain buffs to go fight certain monsters. I bounce off of that game pretty hard because I just don't, it's not my thing. I'm usually just the kind of person who wants to just, like, go in and just, like, fuck shit up, get out as much damage as I can, and this game is just not built for that kind of thing. Like, it wants you to try and buff your characters to, like, get as much damage as you can, or maybe make them faster, or make them dodge easier, and shit like that, and that was just something my brain, like, refused to, like, get. Like, I tried... Like, I wanted to to buff characters, which is why I would try to run the Jester, because you recommended it to me, because his buffs are pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, like, every time I'd use him, 
I would like use the buff a couple of times and then I would just kind of go back to just using his like damage based skills and stuff like that. Like right. as much as the game wanted me to buff my characters, my brain just like refused to do it. It was too stubborn. I I kind of saw that because um at the very tail end I was kind of like, "Hey man, we have to do some butcher circus because it's one of my favorite parts of the game." And and, and so we did. And when it's basically like a PVP for heroes versus four. And it's like, it, it's kind of like a chess game, I'd say, or like, like a Pokemon tournament. I don't know. Something like that. Um, I would say Pokemon tournament isn't like a terrible, uh, a, like it's not a bad comparison. I would say that's not super accurate, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you notice this, um, but, the first like three turns i was doing no damage and i was just buffing every single one of my people and you were just i did notice that you yes. were throwing attacks at me and i was kind of just was taking just, it <laughs> yeah i was just tr- like trying to get out as much damage damage as i could because i was like i know like he's gonna like buff his characters and then he's gonna just like truck me and I know that I don't know what buffs to use, so I'm just going to try and get, like, I'm going to try and get your characters, like, bleeding, and I'm going to get them poisoned, and I'm going to just try and deal as much damage as I can before I just get absolutely destroyed. And that is what happened every single time. I just, I would get, like, decent chunks of damage off. I'd even maybe kill a character, but then I would just get trucked. We only played, what, two matches? <laughs> yeah, we only played, I think we played three or was it only two no it was three we played three matches okay yeah um and and yeah it it went exactly like that like i would just be sitting there buffing up i would get like plus 300 percent finale on jester i would get like plus 100 something damage on my leper and like my all that stuff and then by the end of the turn, all my characters are low health, but it didn't matter because I was dealing all of their health in one hit with every single one of my characters. Yeah, basically. I Despite mean, you, that, you though, held your own pretty good. I was going to say, I actually, like, I would argue that the Butcher Circus surprisingly was, like, my favorite part of the game. Yeah. Like, the thing that's weird is it's it's kind of like Smash Brothers for me. Like... I know I'm bad, and I know 90% of the time I will lose, but I have fun with it anyway. Because, like, it felt like... Because the main game is just, like, it feels like it's all RNG-based, and then whatever strategy you try to use, the game will counter that with something RNG-based and fuck you. Mm -hmm. But, like, something about the PvP game is because it's, like, it's not just based on, like, RNG and, like, randomness. It's based on knowing how the other player is going to play the heroes they chose. Right. And um, the Butcher's Circus, like, it basically levels up all characters to max level and gives you some trinkets to play with, which gives you, like, little boost to skills or whatever. And you get to pick from every skill that each hero has, and you can, like, pick and choose basically what your perfect hero is, and then you basically have just, like, a fucking dream team. And... So going into the Butcher Circus, I thought I wasn't going to have any fun because I knew you were just going to truck me. But it, mm-hmm. it like, 
it really did feel like I actually had some say in how the match went, despite the right. fact that I obviously wasn't as good as you because I didn't know all the mechanics of the game. But it was still really fun. I actually really liked the the PvP aspect of that game. I'm I'm sure if you had a better understanding on like how buffs worked and how um like everything, all like all the mechanics would work, you could probably do some damage if not take me out. Like I like you even held your own just doing like big stick bonk, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it like it may not be a strategy that works a lot, but it works sometimes, and sometimes I get somewhere. I may not always win with it, but I win sometimes. The The only issue, though, is I kind of knew exactly what you were going to do every single step of the way. <laughs> that's also like Smash. Smash, I'm sure, is a game we'll cover on the show at some point, but that's exactly what it's like with Smash, is it's just like, you know exactly what I'm going to do before I know I'm going to do it, and you counter it before I even get it off. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at PvP games just because I feel like I have a good read. Like, if I if I fight you a couple times, I feel like I know mostly what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But... To be fair, I knew what you were going to do too. I just don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, okay, I know how he's going to do it. I don't know what the fuck to do with that information though, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like big stick bonk. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> like I'm just gonna stab him as much as I can before he cleaves my head off, basically. Yeah. Oh man, it, it was fun playing with you though, in uh, Butcher yeah. Circus. I would actually argue that the times I had the most fun is when you were watching me play. Because it yeah. was nice to have, yeah, for sure, because it was nice to have somebody who knew what the fuck they were talking about, like, walk me through it. Like, the first boss I ever won, actually the only boss I ever won against, was the one you helped me with, like, the one you walked me through. Yeah. Um, Butcher Circus was fun, because you and I were just playing together, and it was fun to just get shit on. Um, yeah, I I think this is one of those games where it's like, if you just don't know what you're doing it's nice to have someone sit there and like kind of help you understand it cuz like the the only reason i understand 90% of the mechanics i understand in that game is because you like explained it to me like i'm a child learning english for the first time yeah but i i mean i get it cuz it's like the game is very complex and i i know i just came off like hating skyrim and saying oh man it's complicated skill trees i like simplicity and then I'll, I'll turn around and I'll play this game and be like, yes, this is a great game. I enjoy this. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of bias in there, though. I mean, I understand that, though. Like, a game a game can be complex. Like, I would argue Persona 5, which I started playing just for the first time recently, that game throws a lot at you, and if you don't understand it, it's not going to be fun. But I enjoy that game a lot, and that game is super complex. This game, I think, is a level of... It's not necessarily the complexity that puts me off. It's I don't, like it just something that just hasn't clicked for me is maybe more what that would be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't give you any flack for it either. It's, you know, I, I, I knew going in it was going to be uh, difficult for, like, anyone to like it unless you're, like, a veteran. It's it's not even that I don't like the game. It just, like, it hasn't clicked. Like, I think 
the game the game is really fun and i'm sure like in another universe it would be like one of my favorite games of all time but i don't know it just it never really clicked for me in the way that i was hoping and, and that universe is the universe I've, i i played mass effect in and i liked it <laughs> yeah, for sure oh man yeah shit it's good to know you don't like mass effect there's <laughs> the, the, there's a lot of games that i just like don't like for no reason mass effect is I, one of them. I fuck with that gears of War as, as of a <laughs> as a collector of video games i very much so understand what it's like to just hate a video game for no other reason than you just don't like it yeah um there, there, there's one justified game that I absolutely hate, and I don't think we'll ever cover it unless um, this like little mini inside joke from me takes it way too far, and you're like, guess what? We're gonna be playing this <laughs> next. Um, when I was younger, I had this copy of a uh, uh, Harry Potter Quidditch cup. <laughs> 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 And I, I really liked the game until I started hating it. Like, yeah, it, it was sure. terrible. And I went, <laughs> I went to sell it to like some random buy sell trade place, and uh, they they told me that it was uh, scratched up, so they couldn't buy it off me. And I was like, well, I, I really don't want this game. I took it home, <laughs> popped it in, ran perfect, butter smooth. <laughs> I was like, what is going Jesus. on? I threw it away. I think I expressed how much I hated it to my dad. So I think he played a oh. prank on me, grabbed it, put it back on my shelf. Because the next day I looked, <laughs> I saw it on my shelf. I was like, no. And I think I, I still have it. I That's still have it. That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just this one cursed copy of Harry Potter and your Quidditch Cup or whatever. Yeah, it's That's just like a it's like funny. a sports game, but it's Harry Potter. <laughs> that is I hilarious. A, I was a huge Harry Potter head. I'm pretty sure my dad was like, "Oh, he'll like this." <laughs> That's yeah. fan fucking tastic. <laughs> oh man, that it would be so funny because I am not. I've never seen Harry Potter or anything. It would be so funny if I was like, "Guess what, motherfucker? That was my favorite childhood game. Of course, <laughs> I'm gonna make you play that in the show at some point." <laughs> I, I love Harry Potter Quidditch Cup for the PS2. Can we please play it for the show? Uh... As someone who never owned a PS2, this is my favorite PS2 game. <laughs> that would uh, crush me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. We have strayed very far from the game we're actually talking about, though. We, we talked about Six Flags. We talked about uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah that's about that's about all i have for uh for darkest dungeon though what about you yeah i mean the game is like it's complex but it's simple at the same time i'd say it's like there's not a lot to touch on but it's got like huge package in it if you actually like break it down and i don't really have the time or patience to break down everything like i could go into like different strategies and buffs i, I don't really want to do that i, I kind of just wanted like your opinion on the game mm -hmm. yeah um, i get that for sure one last thing i, I would like to ask though because i have touched on it myself i didn't hear your opinion on it um the soundtrack what did you think 
the soundtrack is actually super fucking dope. Um, I remember when we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the campaign that my girlfriend is running right now, she was playing oh, yeah. battle music during a fight we were playing. And I remember I looked at her and I was like, this song is dope. And like, I've never seen you perk up so fast. You were like, this is the Darkest Dungeon soundtrack. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my guy. Holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, the soundtrack in this game is fucking sweet. Like, I know. It's it's really good. I was super surprised because I had never heard it before, but it was really fucking good. For people who don't know, um, which I'm assuming is probably at least half um, of any viewers we might have. Um, I would venture that given most of the listener base from the first few episodes of this podcast will likely be my mom's Facebook friends. So I would venture that it may be <laughs> upwards of 90 to 100% of the people who listen to this show. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> Hi, mom's we're, Facebook friends. <laughs> we're losers. <laughs> we got to start small. Got to start yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um, but for people who don't know, it's like it's a lot of like drums and like, ambience you know it's like mm-hmm. it, it's it's like battle music from like medieval times they'd have like the little drummer boy walking around he gets shot in the head with an arrow it's a lot <laughs> of like percussion instruments mixed with like very low voiced men's choir music if that makes yeah. sense and, and then they like have you've... violins in there too Mm-hmm. If you've ever watched Game of Thrones, it's basically like any of Daenerys's music, because that's what a lot of her stuff is like too. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of like that stuff, and it's it's very cool. It's a very interesting uh, like backdrop to like the very foreboding and menacing like setting of this game. It sets it up really well to just like basically create maximum stress whenever you're in a tough situation i thought that stuff was really fucking cool yeah um definitely like it adds like an extra level to like how it's supposed to make you feel like super stressed it like like during turns the torch will go out and then it'll get more intense like you'll hear in the in the warrens you'll hear like pigs screeching when the when the lights are out and then um, you'll hear more chanting in um, the ruins when the lights are. It's amazing. Like, just the sound design in that game. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking cool, for sure. Um, oh, actually, one last thing. This is the real last thing. My bad. Um, what do you think okay. about the ancestor talking over the whole game? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... Um... I thought that was kind of cool, like, just having a constant narrator. I mean, after a certain point in the game, he obviously is just kind of, like... Repeating lines. Yeah, he just, like, he acts as, like, the announcer in fucking NBA Jam, who just says boom shakalaka (laughs) the whole time. But, (laughs) yeah, uh, I thought it was really cool, like, framing the game as, like, like, the instructions you're getting for the game are, like, the writings of your ancestor, who is basically like giving you this this like property that you're trying to take back i thought that was really cool yeah (laughs) there's just a lot of you'll always hear their formation is broken maintain yeah like eight million times and you're like yeah you're just gonna hear like 
after like the first hour of the game, once all the tutorial stuff is is done, it's a lot of boom shakalaka. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing my you mom's Facebook followers are going to get. I bet almost all of you have played NBA Jam because that game fucking <laughs> rips. Yeah, for sure. That game kicks fucking ass. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I wanted to touch on. Yeah, um, I guess we're just going to end the show with me calling all my mom's Facebook followers old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that's not nice. I shouldn't holding do the, that. Holding up the vial. Finally, boomer memes. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> what a good way to alienate most of our listener base. Love you guys. oh boy we're off to a good start episode 2 and we're already gonna get mean tweets let's go (laughs) okay yeah all right i've been pretty excited yeah i've been pretty excited to hear what game you're gonna bring to the table today so we just like roll right right into that yeah for sure so this was one of my favorite games of the last I think it came out in 2019, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, this is a game that I've been wanting to experience again for a while, though. Uh, this is The Outer Worlds from Obsidian oh. Entertainment. Oh my god, The Outer Worlds. I knew there was a reason I didn't delete it from my Steam. <laughs> <laughs> this game fucking rips. I loved this game when it came out, and I'm 100% excited to play it again. I am excited to play more than uh, Edgewater. <laughs> this, I'm excited this, to try. Yeah, it's super good, and I'm excited to to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, sweet. That, that's that's good. All right. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I believe that is the end of our show. Uh, but I have a few things I would like to plug. Uh, to start with a bit of some housekeeping. Uh, the last episode was recorded before this happened, but we have podcast art. Yes, uh, we do. Yeah. Uh, it's super fucking cool. Uh, it was created by uh, the great No Sleep Bass, No Sleep Bass on Twitter. Uh, I apologize if I fuck that up. Uh, you can always reach out to us if we did so we can clarify. Uh, but it's super fucking good, and I'm really uh, excited to have that be like the like the art for a podcast it looks super good so that again is no sleep base on twitter and instagram uh their commissions right now are open so if you're interested uh be sure to reach out to them for sure um we also have a twitter that is at call a save point um and we have an email uh again we'd like to do listener questions in the the future so if you ever have any questions, uh, just shoot an email off to callasavepointpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, hopefully we can answer your question on the show. Yeah, for sure. I, I hope we do get some questions so we don't keep just saying this and then not getting anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be okay. We'll just, we'll just make up questions is what we'll do. Yeah, here's... Here's this question from Super Mario. Uh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> I'm sure... I'm sure... Well, my dad has been bugging me to 
let him send in shit to the show so we can make fun of him for, I believe his reasoning was for being old. Uh, <laughs> so if we don't get listener questions from anyone, <laughs> my my dad is always the option. <laughs> we'll just open up a segment for your dad. Dumb yeah. questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Um, that's that's it for me. That's that's the second episode, baby. That's Finally, we're, we're we're getting this out. Yeah, we got this. This um, ideally the show will. We're still kind of working out the the kinks of getting it uploaded, but obviously by the time you hear this, that won't be the case anymore. Right. Uh, but the plan is to upload on. Mondays every other week, so that would be twice a month. Um, the for right now, will... you're going to be receiving two in close proximity, but the rest yes. will if, come in two weeks. If the uploads have worked properly, you should be hearing those these episodes like pretty pretty close to each other. But the schedule yeah. should be about Mondays every other week. Yep. Our, Sweet. Yeah. Our, all right, but that's it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Um, drink your waters. Water is good for you. Seltzer water, LaCroix, get it in. Drink that LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix, not, don't, don't, listen not to what any, don't listen to what anyone else says. Sparkling water is very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. See Bye, ya. everybody. <laughs>